another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey coming at you. Uh, this evening, um, I'm joined by a good friend, a hardworking girl, a singer-songwriter, emerging pop artist um, who uh, is working on new music. And uh, she released her debut single, Christmas Night, uh, her her, sing- her debut single for uh, from a couple months ago for the holidays. And I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, what she's working on and why she does what she does. Dami, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Do you want to cheers? Of course we're going to cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and um, all of you are having a sip at home. <laughs> wow. Do you want, do you just want to host the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll fill in when you're on vacation perfect um yeah uh so what are you drinking um a vodka red ball i'm really going back to the roots um yeah that is very rootsy that reminds me of um the dollar bombs from Mikey's once upon a time. Or if it reminds me of an ER trip and two IV bags later, but that's another time. Is that a true story? <sighs> we don't have to go there. It was um, a binge. It was a binge. Okay, fair enough. Well, she likes a fringe and a binge. <laughs> fringe and a binge. There we go. I'm drinking a Natter Day, uh, delicious strawberry lemonade beer. They mm. are good. I will give you that. They're super good. I um, like at first I didn't think I was gonna like them like when they first came out, but then like I drank like four of them, and it's like if a beer still tastes good by like the fourth one, I'm like, no, this shit's pretty fucking good. So I, it's either that or hams for me, you know. Yeah, and you have to literally be the first one that I have a hams with. I've never had one, but oh, how are you here? Is that that a Wisconsin thing or no? No, it's not a Wisconsin thing. It's, it's, I mean, to be honest, it is, it's like the cheapest, it's one of the cheapest beers. It's just so economical, but it's definitely like a River West thing. Um, It's like the spam of beer. um, You could, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, it's kind of. It is kind of like the hippie beer around here. Uh, um, tell me what you did today. You know, so I obviously work a day job. My uh, plan B, and I call it my plan B because it's it's a priority to obviously afford the cost of living and, and living and being able to do what I love to do. But it's definitely not like my first love and passion. So my day job is working for shift and I work for a bank. I do stuff with, you know, accounting and things of that sort. But I worked five to today, I worked five to one. I got off a little bit early compared to normal. But yeah, I did that. And then. I got ready, spent some time hanging out with my, one of my really good girlfriends, Brady, and now I'm talking with you. Big shout out to Brady. Yeah, I love her to death. <laughs> yeah, she is fabulous. I, uh, I got a COVID test today. 
Um, I had an episode before you earlier today, and now I'm doing laundry. I just finished laundry. So um, I've had a pretty productive day, and I'm excited to hang out with you because you are one of my favorite people. Um, Thank you. So Dami, uh, what we talk about a Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so uh, we've known each other for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, we, I like, I, I first, you're gonna have to tell the story because I didn't really, um, I've like seen the pictures, but I don't know the context. But the first time I ever like knew who you were, heard of you, was um, you like, like, uh, intern- you were on stage with Chelsea Handler a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that about? You know, honestly, I know that she's definitely been problematic in the past. And I've kind of have come to that conclusion too. I've heard a lot of things when it, you know, whether it was just when it came to like race or it came to like, transphobic or like queer phobic I call it it's like trans and you know orientation um I would say she said some things and I think she's really the one thing that I liked about her is I've really grown to like understand that's not good to to really feed into cancel culture because I get sometimes it's people don't you know always come from knowing right away but I think there needs to you know everybody should hold accountability for what they do yeah. or what, and what they've said but I do think at the same time if you're able to really do that and genuinely make a change in an effort for it and you get it and there's activism there's something to be said about that of course. and so she's definitely done that and she's spoken up and she has been involved a lot um you know once again I can't fully speak for her I'm not her but um she's someone who really inspired me because I've always, you know, being a trans woman and being from like the queer community and facing so much, um, just obstacles and, and hurdles like that. It just taught me how to be fierce and bold. And it was like a role model of a woman to show me like, how can I handle these things? and be successful and how can I find like the positive or like the humor and just like trauma or tragedy you know things that that I've experienced so it was really funny actually my mom had had been an LPN my whole life she went to school finally because she had always wanted to be a cosmetologist and so I was really proud of her because she was nervous it was always like I'm not going to make as much money being a hairdresser all these things and so when she did it like nobody else I felt like was really rooting her on and I did and because I cared about it and I saw how much like joy it brought her and so for her graduation present I was like bitch I got us tickets well I didn't even let her know what I did ahead of it so I was like I got us meet and greet tickets you know to Chelsea Handler the reality is I want to go get meet and greets the day like they went on sale and because we liked her as a comedian too and like read her or listen to her audiobooks and they were sold out so I'm like fuck I just was such a fan that I had seen because she had tagged him and mentioned in interviews 
who her manager was or assistant. And I was like, let me do a little research. So I found out who it was. I'm like, he doesn't have an Instagram that I knew of at the time or, or whatever, still don't know. So I went on LinkedIn. I found him and I emailed him and I said, listen, I was not old enough the first time you fucking came to town, whether you were her manager or whatever or not. And now I am and it's sold out. This is like one of my biggest, just like inspirations, at least when it comes to comedy. And I was like, I need to see her. And this is my mom's like graduation present. She loves her too. She has all our books. Yeah. And I was like, can I like pay you? What can you? And he was like, love to do uh, tickets for you at the meet and greet. And so like, obviously I paid for regular tickets and then I got those though, at least. And it was just like, it was incredible. It was so cool to spend, you know, 10 minutes with her just talking. She was really personal and spent like time with each person and did like the photographs and book signing. So. Beautiful. Well, that's so dope. You got that opportunity. Um, yeah. I remember like, well, for one, I mean, well, that's also like just super cool. For one, LinkedIn. What an ar- what an arbitrary social network. <laughs> like, I I hate LinkedIn. It's my it, least favorite. <laughs> it was like the private version of just me messaging him when like people were requesting. I know this is like obviously really reaching, but it was like when people were requesting two grand from Mitch McConnell. They're like, where's my money, bitch? Right. Where's my fucking VIP pass, huh? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But you actually got it as a like as opposed to us not getting two thousand dollars. I know. That's that's another that's for another day. Yeah, that was another pork. (laughs) Yeah. But that is that is super cool that like you, you know, you uh obviously poured your heart out into uh you know making that move and then um so what brought you on the stage like what was like the context of that so after like the show had finished you know each person could either like could go up and get like their picture and could go grab a book at a table and like I had had a couple of tequila lemonades and I'm like you know, I know this bitch likes alcohol and I walked up and I'm like, hey, Chelsea, Chelsea, walk and we're talking about stuff and it was trying to land a job because I was like, I'm drunk and I'm dust, but I'm really going to like just go out on a limb here. And I did not like, you know, they took way more photos and like, I would guess even just call them outtakes besides just like the regular. And I was talking with like her and then I finally got to meet Brandon too, who is her her like manager or like assistant with planning all the stuff. And it was just really cool to like talk with her and just joke around and like have her laugh at me. And um, then afterwards too, like we got the book and like she had signed it, but I had like had her extra sign in it. And then and then after that, like you just depart. So, but it was it was really it was a great experience. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Of course. So the last, you know, the last couple of years, um, we've like talked about doing a podcast, but, you know, we've had to push it back several times, um, <laughs> which happens. That definitely is, uh, 
it happens all the time but um but like specifically in the last year you were you reached out and told me you were working on music i you've showed me i've gotten the uh sneak peeks if you will uh of what you've been working on and i'm really excited to talk about it but before we do that let's take it back a little bit so when you were dami when you were a kid um what did you want to be when you grew up i always have wanted to be a performer entertainer um music like I, I remember my parents had a typewriter thought it was so cool <laughs> to do it I honestly didn't even rem I think after a while I kind of gave up on trying to type lyrics on it because I would fuck up and you know you can't backspace or like it was kind of a bitch with like erasing deleting stuff but that was kind of like, I would do that. I literally thought, it, I, I don't know why I did it. If I was like, just trying to be like cryptic or like mysterious, but I would drag it. I had like a, a closet that had a couple, like it, they weren't really steps, but they were like, kind of like shelf steps. And so I would like sit in like the one that was still like floor level carpet and I would plug it into the outlet, bring it under the door and I would like sit and I would type stuff on it. Um, but I've, I've been writing lyrics, I've been singing and acting and, and just overall thinking of, I guess, just like my own art outlet of music in a, in a persona, like a, a character and a look, since I can remember, like, it's definitely always me or a part of me, but yeah. It's definitely um, a larger than life extension too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it sounds like you you um, definitely like uh, explored a lot of different ways of like expressing yourself. And like, you know, when, when you're talking about uh, working on, on like writing and singing and acting, I mean, a lot of those all fall in tandem with one another, especially when you are like a performer. So you're, you're telling me that, you know, you're, you wrote a lot. Um, you obviously write songs now, but you're also like an accountant at a bank. So are you good at English and math? <laughs> Honestly, I'm, and this is like, I'm not saying that I am a professional to speak on all of this, but it just really, like, I'm not bad with numbers. I'm not, like, this huge math genius. But it just goes to show you, you don't need to really learn a lot of math other than, like, simple math to no, do... No trigonometry. To do adult jobs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not over here figuring out triangles for someone's, like, bank account. You're, you're not fine. I am literally copying and pasting, or I'm, like checking that they match and I'm hitting next for or like typing in their their like info whatever else I'm not finding the cosine I don't think it is but I'm paranoid I'm like oh god someone's gonna have a lawsuit yeah fuck I yeah the reason I asked is because like I hate math I'm so bad at math I've always been terrible at math but I was always like a big a better writer too like, I honestly, I liked English. I liked the fluff. I fucking hate citations and citing. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, 
I think it's honestly just annoying. Like they make it so much extra. Like it uh just to say tedious. Me. Yeah, it's it is. And it's also like if I'm citing a source yeah. to I I don't know. But like the the thing is that was like I didn't think I would like philosophy. And mm. I actually really loved philosophy. Like I, yeah. I got really good grades in that in college. And um Well, it probably helped that like the teacher was so hot, Ugh. but like, <laughs> no, but no, he was like, you gotta just cut the fluff out. I love that. Like there was a word limit. I was like, you're going to tell me I don't have to type a lot for once. Thank you. Less is more. Who that? Um, and I've, I found that a lot. I found that too, like, cause I studied journalism and like, I used to like, use way too much fluff when I was like telling stories or like writing and uh, I carry that like I still like catch myself using too many words like to this day and then when I read read it back I'm like oh shit like this doesn't need this many modifiers or adjectives like <laughs> you can just be a lot more like succinct um yeah across yeah and I don't know if you feel like this too, but like, I really love like Scrabble or we're obviously like more nowadays. Like I like words with friends because of like COVID it's like, obviously you can't really get together and play like a full game of Scrabble. But um, I love words with friends. It's just genuinely, I like the game. I grew up on it, but also too, it's like, it always helps you learn or kind of like just push yourself with like no having a wider vocabulary and lyrically oh who oh, knew right the nomenclature is strong with this one yeah um, yeah no i i'm a big uh, word guy as well um the the the, uh, the thesaurus is a good friend of mine we hang out um, <laughs> um, cause I find myself like repeating a lot of the same words. Cause like I do the music writing every day, like for breaking, entering. And I find myself like getting attached to words, like where I like end up repeating them in articles, like all the time. And like, but it's like, there's for every, like, you know, colorful word that you land on. It's like, there's 10 other ones that, you know, you can kind of cycle through. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so like I guess um so what did what did you study at in college? So I I actually originally wanted to go to um the school like McNally Smith in Minnesota for music like music production stuff and I just really thought about it and I know like that slightly is different than a lot of other music schools as far as where it's very cookie cutter with singing and, and kind of like performing stuff that's like it's a lot more classical or leans towards classical and can also be somewhat more, I guess, like conventional or contemporary music. But like at the same time, I guess, I, I just like had heard so many things with artists with school where like they just want to show you how to do something not take what you know how to do and make it a career, make it a living. And it was like, this is the issue where I don't want to spend money on that. Yeah. 
So I had a lot of pressure from my um, dad. And I was like, I'm not you. I don't want to go to school to do what you do. And I am good at uh, business stuff, but just being organized and having and being able to really, you know, brainstorm, create all that stuff. So I went for business management because I figured at least, you know, what, like, let's have a fucking clue. Yeah. How to be a Chris Jenner for ourselves. Yeah. I was like, right. I'll be my own momager. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And I mean, there were things I took away from it. Overall, again, I don't really feel like any of the classes that I took and the things I was tested on. I don't want to downplay education. I think it's important. And a lot of the ones that are are a lot of times are like, uh, mm, that, that are just kind of like an extracurricular or like a, a extra credit or, or like a general. Those are much more, I felt much more useful, especially in everyday life than like the things that you go into for some of these. It's like, it's stuff that you'll never use in a real business or life. And it doesn't really show you anything new. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that like. I wish I didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? Um, I wish I didn't have that experience and, and maybe yeah. other people don't but I feel like a lot of people do and a lot of people who say they don't like it's kind of like bullshit well yeah I mean I get what you're saying because like when I was navigating my own academics I resonate with that sentiment because I mean I definitely like learned like a decent amount doing my journalism classes like you know I wrote learned how to write a good story and learned just basic things about structure and uh, like kind of the ethics of it and stuff like that but I feel like that a lot of the electives that I took um or even just like classes just to fill like gen eds like I took away so much more applicable concepts like for example one I took was food studies like I took food studies just because like I thought it would be like an interesting class and I that shit just like completely like warped my perception of like how I shop like at the grocery store and like how to like just how I'm eating and like how what I understand about like how um food and like the meatpacking industry and just how there's all these really like problematic and horribly unenvironmental practices in the industry like learn stuff like that and then there's even other things that you know like humanities courses on things like you know women's studies gender studies lgbtq studies things like that should just be like that should just our, be like, our, our, not i don't even want to call it a requirement because i feel like it sounds forced but it's like it should be incorporated into like what's taught already and like it should that's that kind of stuff should be like you don't get to pick and choose who what what you know portion of the pie is presented or represented yeah yeah Especially, like, I feel like you know no offense but like because i get people don't want to be told what to do i get that i definitely get that because i know who the fuck i am but it's like the people who are represented already don't even take like what 
what's kind of given to them for like a safety net or whatever yeah, yeah. like i just think that humanities courses and things like sociology multiculturalism like stuff like that should just be a lot more like regimented in in uh curriculum you know like it just it shouldn't just be like these obscure like side courses that you can take if you just have to fill credits like because then it's just people just treat these really important social issues like options and yeah i agree yeah yeah there's there's a lot of problems with modern academia that you and i it's it's not our job to fix those things <laughs> but but they're but no like there's they're real conversations to have for sure um you know you so, said that you were like kind of like um you wanted to be like an entertainer a performer if you will like um so how how did you manage to do that more and more like as you got older like you know going into like college and stuff like how did you kind of live into the entertainer persona if you will well i never felt and obviously with being transgender that was part of it i i always felt it was really hard trying to kind of like survive and fit in and present as one thing until I, I had fully transitioned um felt like I, it was hard but I I had done well managing with that and it almost kind of gave me even like an extra push like you're really testing your limits with being an actress in general and a performer and um I did a lot of musicals and choral stuff and some plays growing up and then after that once I was just like you know I had done that, but there's not really, nobody, once again, nobody's ever reciprocating. Nobody's making room or roles for a person like me and, or like allowing me to portray women just straight out. And one thing that was sad actually at the end of my high school was like the lady who did plays was she, I don't, I'm not saying this, if, I don't, I'm not going to assume, but she was Mormon, I know, and she was very like, anti-queer like she never spoke ill because I, I think she knew she would have lost her fucking job but yeah and but she would say things that were just very condescending or like questionable um so I was like this is, I don't want to I'm not trying to fit this mold anymore I don't want anything to do with it so as soon as I moved in it like with my music my senior year I had met my um the first producer who I worked with Tony and he had seen me like after like we did like a star search what we did for like um a talent show and he had met me afterwards like you sounded great would you like to work on a single so then we, we had like done a full album together and it was good and i wrote a lot of it i had a little help from my one of my really um good friends linux and i felt though like after a while I felt again like there was this was still kind of pre I, I guess like my second coming out was that I again had like writer's block it was really hard for me to deliver and I guess like just fully identify with what I put out and again, and, it, I, and that causes inner turmoil, I would imagine for anybody who does stuff that like, if you don't 
really identify or like vibe with the material that you're given if you don't write your own stuff or what you do write that is like even if it's just it's kind it's it's genuine but it's missing the mark or you're playing it safe and not being raw it felt like that and I was like I don't have anything more that I can even say so and you know all of it it was a really big challenge and a struggle and I'm grateful it happened though because I don't have writer's block anymore with making any of the new music that I have. It's been free flowing. And even the times where I'm like, I just, you know, I feel like I need to take a second to kind of think about what I want to say. I can take that break and it comes to me. It's not forced. None of it's been, you know, disingenuous, but it's definitely just like that much more authentic. Yeah, and that's great. Like, that's awesome that you've reached that point where, you know, creating becomes instinctual. It doesn't feel, you're not doing it because, like, you feel like it's something that, like, you just compulsively have to do because, like, this is what, you know, you've uh, since identified with doing. It's just like, you know, everyone goes in and out of those phases. I mean, no matter what kind of creative thing you do. And, you know, uh, just like how sometimes like a good joke pops up in your head and sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you just kind of, you act accordingly based on just whatever headspace you're in. And, you know, the more you force it, the more you're going to hate doing it um, or the more you're going to just sort of dread it, I guess. Yeah. And, and I, I have so much respect and like appreciate my previous producer too, but like my current one, Dylan is, it's just so refreshing to be with somebody who is just like, not that the other one wasn't, but he's just so much more, I think, you know, progressive, just naturally and, and has always shown it or is a lot more public about it. And it is a lot more um, supporting and challenging one another to really do our best work and to create like this hybrid formula where we really come together. There, there were times in the past where like a lot of my ideas were really um, reflected or honored, but I felt there were a lot of challenges where I was like, but like what I wanted to really present to people sound wise wasn't always, it was a bit of a challenge. I felt like I had to kind of struggle and and say, this is not like who I am or how I sound. And I want this to, again, I wanted alignment. And I have that now. And it feels so nice to just really have such an effortless flow. Like it, cause you get that, you get a resentment. I was like, oh, I don't enjoy this when I have to fucking constantly sit here and negotiate or, or explain myself. And it's not clicking. And I get that. 
but it felt like a seatbelt, like in the back of the car when, you know, you ride in someone's car and it's like, it won't go on. <laughs> now yeah. it's. Right. Now it's all fluid. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that for sure. You just, you, you found um, somebody who just was, who's kind of like, it sounds like um, understood what you were going for just kind of more organically and, uh, and you know that's 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 what it takes being you know a songwriter uh, being an artist like you um sometimes it takes that trial and error and you it works with some people it work doesn't work with others um so uh tell me a little bit about like kind of what your influences have been um in your songwriting and in your sound um you know like especially with like what you've been writing lately yeah, you know, I grew up really listening to such a wide variety. It was really like my mom loved like R&B and hip hop and country. My dad loved rock and roll, hair bands, and then like Madonna. So which was obviously, but just like he was the, for him to show me in like a different time when obviously even for me, like I'm with, I'm with it. I totally get it. Don't judge but it was just cool to kind of have like even then the taste or whatever reversed. So that was kind of like the mix. And then like, I would listen to with like my grandparents to so many oldies, like stuff with Lionel Richie or Frida Payne and yeah. just like a ton of stuff like that. Um, I'm inspired so much. I don't necessarily always like to sample, but a lot of times like with listening to old stuff, I'm, I'm inspired like lyrically. And I wouldn't say sam sampling entirely, but I like to get inspiration from including or embellishing like the tracks where there isn't the same, you know, emptiness. Some modern tracks I feel like are just emptier and they're not, fully thought out I like to think of it this I mean the same way you would think of like a, a room or anything where you're like this isn't finished it feels empty whatever I want it to fully feel yeah. like it's furbished and it's final yeah yep awesome um yeah uh no that makes sense like I think that's the best way to pull from for one I mean it, it helps to be raised with so many different kinds of music but also with um viewing what you're doing is like just so all-encompassing um with those embellishments as you said um dope um so yeah the the the, the music that you've been making has been a lot like um without kind of um you know without putting you in a box because you you know the, the the song the first song you made a couple months ago the christmas night was like this really like intimate um, piano song. Um, uh, so a lot of this, some of the stuff you showed me recently is uh, some pretty uh, fun future dance pop. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess um, you know we can we can talk a little bit about Christmas night and just sort of like what your inspiration was behind that one. You know, for me, my song was really writing for the dolls. It was honestly about 
that Christmas, that holiday, that traditional fantasy and getting to experience, you know, not, you know, not a summer love per se, but having just like that holiday love and just being in the moment and being able to experience something with someone special that we don't always get that chance to get. And so it really just, it was pretty simple. Yeah. Summer love. Doesn't that sound great right now? Yeah. You know, I, um, in the past, I wrote a song about a guy and before I was comfortable enough, I wrote everything. I ch- like changed all the guy stuff to girl because I was I was nervous. Like, who was I fooling? And um, I I had wrote those summer love about this guy in Colorado. I was visiting my aunt and uncle, and I released that too. But that's another time. That's a, that's apparently though. Like some people from the past really love it. They want me to recreate it, but you know who knows. Hey, uh, there's nothing wrong with um, breathing fresh air and old stuff, but that's your prerogative. Um, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the song, like, um, Christmas Night, like, I remember, you know, we, we featured this song on Breaking and Entering, and it was just a very warm and inviting and sensual uh, piece of, like, you know, like you said, that holiday love, like, which, you know, can be, it, it kind of like speaks to like how the holidays sort of like transform as you get older, where it's like, when we were kids, like the holidays were such a, um, you know, pinnacle time to like receive gifts and to like have like a lot of that immediate gratification of like, oh shit, what did I get this year? You know, and, but as we're older, it's like, now we look for who, who we're spending it with right love okay. and quality time and inclusivity and so yeah like we love those things don't we we do <laughs> yeah like and you know like especially after such a mortal year uh this past year like you know i i was just so happy to just be with my my, my parents um this past christmas because like you know it's I feel like COVID and the pandemic and just all the horrible shit that happened this past year, like really just makes you hold those loved ones so much tighter. And it, it doesn't have to be so much a romantic love, um, just just, you know, a uh, extremely personal relationships that you fear so much of like, you know, losing. I agree. and but it also too it makes me and I feel like a lot of people feel this way with like humanity or and being human is it's annoying because we all don't I feel like we all as a collective don't want to be like this but we get so stagnant and numb to comfort and or or just like repetition that you take these things for granted and you know I understand I don't wish any bad health or wellness or any any sort of ill being on anyone and I understand how 
fortunate, you know, we are that we're healthy and, and like that we can at least be alive and well during COVID. But at the same time, too, I do want to be, you know, optimistic or like at least uh, optimistic realist and focus on the fact that there have been a, a lot of things where it's like we're not a, mu- a machine. We are human and like we need to take a time to to take a break and pause and, and we do deserve and we are entitled to have quality time and love and support from people and we can't just be drilled that's not it's not natural and it's not healthy yeah it, it really it turns you into a shell of your former self if you don't get that if you don't if you don't uh you know, be able to retain and uh, um, express like that, um, that quality time that, that whether it's with yourself, but also with your loved ones, you know, like, we, we aren't, yeah, like you said, like, we aren't wired to just like, operate all the time. Sometimes we just have to fucking be, we just have to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that all said, uh, I guess it's time to talk about what you've been working on and what's uh, what's what's cooking, Dami. So I am coming out with a new record, and um, I don't want to give away the title yet. Okay. It's definitely going to be. I wouldn't say short and sweet, but it's going to be you know, the perfect collective with a punch. Mm. And it's all about, you know, just dominating the, dominating life, dominating the scene and believing in yourself and loving yourself and feeling good and knowing that like you are deserving and just embracing who you are um I just it's a song for the dolls I mean I mean not even just a song it's an album for the dolls I want all women I I mean it's for everybody to listen to and feel good empowered but like the these lyrics can apply to all but it is a testament to the girls it's like we are deserving and we are confident and like we we are gonna speak out and speak up and um take ownership or take you know we're gonna take control of what we are worthy of love that um mixed in with a with pop edm yeah right (laughs) (laughs) Some shit to like get down to, you know, some shit to be that, you know, I mean, you showed me some club shit last time you, last time you uh, showed me what you, so it's stuff to really like rage to, but feel powerful and uh, like euphoric and joyous with. Yeah. You know, it's all about the lyrics are are happy, are confident, are strong. Um, so was the music. And 
I really like that there's that unity or united front with both. And yeah, it's aligned. I'm aligned. I want to empower, inspire, and just awaken people and make people happy and celebrate and dance and feel good. And I'm really proud of it. I know my producer's really proud of it. We're both so excited. It's going to definitely all be coming out probably near the end of spring, early summer. And it'll be on everything. It'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, anything you can think of. It'll be up and it'll be distributed. In terms of just like missing live music and just the, the community that... Um that stems from that in itself like I miss that a ton like I can't wait to you know bring to go out and like you know see see you perform one at some point you know when shows are a thing again and uh be able for Milwaukee to come out and dance to your music um I mean we don't we've, we've talked about this a little bit but like from what you've showed me like there's not a whole lot of people in the city doing what you're doing um like you have a pretty like authentic approach to like this um you know electronic dance pop that's very like empowering and uh, about like self-love and shit um there's not a whole lot of that um in milwaukee i mean there's there's some stuff that you know kind of kind of touches on it but you know i think that you're in a really like um uh you're in a pretty authentic lane tommy so yeah you're welcome uh so i i'm uh i'm excited to listen to it i'm i know that uh there's a lot of people that are really gonna enjoy it and um that leads me to my last question which is so have you in terms of like stuff that you've worked on in the past um have you like performed your your original music like out to people before yeah i have um you know living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is such, I'm so grateful that there are so many queer venues here and I'm so happy that there are so many that are, you know, just progressive in general. I've done shows at, um, and I'm going to flub it a little, but I don't know, like uh, down and under, up and over, down and up. under, up and over. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there and say Wait. it's up it's up and under. <laughs> up and under, down and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um like this is it. Uh Dicks, DIX, and Cactus Club and Quarters Rock and Roll Palace and I think the old US cellular arena. I, I have done shows that too and club aura um i don't know if it still is there or not so you know just i have done so many that have opened their arms to me and i'm so grateful that i got to it was such great experience exposure artist to audience audience to artist it was it was a gift and um you know, I definitely can't wait after the pandemic is safe and over to be able to like do that again, but definitely like expand upon that. And um, I just like, honestly, Milwaukee, being a part of Wisconsin, not that Wisconsin's a bad state, 
but just like overall the city is it's such a great outlet to be able to create and perform in so good well that's dope uh I love how you mentioned quarters. Like, it's like. Oh, honestly, that was probably one of my. Oh, and I should also say, too, because I feel bad. Also, the other one that we did, too, was like Vars Gallery and Studio. That was a really oh, fun Oh, yeah. Place. Yeah. Vars is a, is a cute place. Uh, I love Cactus Club. I'm oh, my cool. gosh. And I can't. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting, too. And I did my my last album release at hamburger mary's before they moved locations we love gary the uh i don't know if he's like the if he's the gm or the or the actual owner but either way all of them in the staff oh yeah it's so cool shout out i need to get back to hamburger mary's we're gonna we're gonna do that's gonna be a thing uh when it's uh, a little safer to do i'd love to go back out there um really fun really good food they have great food yeah they do yeah well Dami thank you for joining me tonight uh lovely to hear about your music about your passions about you know the it's like the general like um you know like idea that you're going for in terms of like what you want your music to mean to people and also like how it's just another extension of who you've always been you know you've always been an entertainer somebody who like aspires to bring joy and um and uh positive like emotion and energy and uh, feelings uh into people uh with what you do and i think you're really good at doing that like just from knowing you as as well as i do like that you're very you're you're very entertaining you're wonderful to to be around and uh i i do really much look forward to how you really continue um, just uh, doing that in a really super special way in the form of your uh, new music. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we could do this tonight. I am too, and thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank. That's like one of the things I feel like as as an artist is like I don't necessarily look for validation but I do really appreciate words of affirmation and just knowing that people are you know taking something away or appreciating what I do that's not like you know I enjoy it's my passion I would do it either way but I really like being able it's a form of for me to communicate and connect with people so I really really love to hear that of course. Yeah. And I know I certainly do too. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like, like you said, you're going to be doing this, whether you're thanked for doing it or not, but when you do get like acknowledged, like it's uh, very warming. So definitely. Uh, yeah. So on our way out here, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, Dami, what keeps you up at night? Mm. <laughs> um honestly thinking about lyrics or money <laughs> oh yeah fuck, fuck money i mean fuck it it's, i wish it's, i could wipe my ass with that green paper <laughs> yeah for real like god i was thinking about this earlier you know did you watch spongebob growing up yeah 
like, do you remember the Pretty Patties episode where like SpongeBob and Patrick get rich off of these Pretty Patties and they don't, they make so much money they don't know what to do with it, so they just give it all away. Like, wouldn't it be nice if rich people did that? It would be nice. Someone fucking owes me $2,000. That's all I fucking know. So. Call um, Nancy and tell her if she doesn't fucking send it that we're going to go buy all the poly dunk because that bitch needs to fucking glue her dungeons in. Before Nancy. she utters another fucking lie out of her mouth. Uh, what The second question is what puts you to sleep? Honestly, I feel so funny saying this, but um, well, I have two answers. I think, that, well, the first one that's funny is I bought my cat a water fountain that is like a waterfall, and uh, I just feel so at ease from that trickling. Um, that is a guy. Sometimes I have to pee too, but you know, usually at night I've peed. It makes me relax. Um, the second one would be like a fan in the window. I like a breeze. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> a little ASMR, maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out, shout out to Guy. Yeah. Guy's a good cat. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> of course. Um, well, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. For everyone watching, uh, I'll be tagging Dami uh, so you can uh, check out um, uh, Christmas Night, which is streaming everywhere right now. I mean, Christmas is, is, has been over for almost two months now, but um, but you can still listen to it. And uh, she's got more music in the chamber that we'll be looking forward to covering with Breaking and Entering. Stay tuned for that. And um, we uh, look forward to uh, dancing and uh, drinking the night away. Uh, can't wait for that. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.